There are less than two months until the spring equinox, but every day seems to be getting a little brighter. There's certainly more to report each day in these installments of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and today is January 26th, 2021. On today's show, a COVID update packed with important information. News from Charlottesville's Public Housing Authority Board, including a new vacancy, and a group continues to seek ways to increase glass recycling from local wineries. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out is for the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign, an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards, farms, public spaces, and gardens in the Northern Piedmont. Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page and tell them Lonnie Murray sent you. We begin today with COVID-19. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 4,707 new cases today and another 93 fatalities. The seven-day average for positive PCR tests has dropped to 12.5%, down from 13.6% a week ago. There are another 71 cases in the Blue Ridge Health District and another death in Fluvanna County. That's now 106 people in the Blue Ridge Health District who have passed on from COVID-related complications. The continued surge, as well as a shortage of vaccines, has led the center at Belvedere to close its doors through at least March 1st, though programming will continue online. The nonprofit group that offers community space closed in the early days of the pandemic last March, but reopened. Peter Thompson is the executive director, and he wrote a message that was posted on the center's website. Conditions are quite different from what they were last June when we resumed on-site programs. Due to the increase in COVID-19 infection rates locally, the emergence of highly contagious new variants, and the complexities of vaccine distribution, we have determined that the best way for us to support community health is to temporarily move all of our programs online. Yesterday, the Virginia Department of Health reported the presence in Northern Virginia of a more infectious strain of COVID that was first discovered in the United Kingdom. In a press release, health officials said they will continue to monitor the situation. While scientists are working to better understand its impact on vaccine efficacy, early data suggests currently authorized vaccines are effective against the new variant. Yesterday, Albemarle's communications director, Emily Kilroy, briefed the Places 29 Hydraulic Community Advisory Committee on the rollout of vaccines. Albemarle County has increased the presence of COVID-related information on its website, following concerns from some that not enough was being done to get shots in people's arms. Kilroy urged patients while the vaccine supply is replenished. We like to try to remind folks that we are still very much in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and even once um, folks start getting vaccinated and, and are getting vaccinated, um, you still have, that does not change your day to day. So you are still wearing a mask, you're still keeping distance, you're still safest at home. As for vaccines, the seven-day average for vaccines administered per day is now at 24,790. That average is up from 21,823 yesterday. In the past 24 hours, the VDH reported 39,109 doses administered. Keep in mind, there has been a data backlog at times, but the number of vaccines reported each day has been increasing. The goal set by Governor Ralph Northam is 50,000 a day. 
In other COVID news, the Federal Transit Administration has awarded nearly quarter of a million dollars to the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation to help transit providers recover even before the pandemic is over. The DRPT will create a toolkit called Adapting to a New Normal that will offer advice on how to increase safety and reduced contacts. There's a new vacancy on the Board of Commissioners for the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. Michael Osteen has resigned in the midst of his second term. CRHA Chair Betsy Rotger read from a resolution last night. And whereas his tenure on the CRHA board, Mr. Osteen has worked diligently to represent the needs of CRHA residents and brought his expertise in design, building, and property management. And whereas Mr. Osteen's commitment to a resident-centric approach to the management of CRHA demonstrates the fundamental values of public service and true asset-based community leadership. Osteen also served on the Planning Commission from 2006 to 2014. City Council will need to appoint a vacancy. A frequent speaker at CRHA meetings noted that last night's meeting is perhaps the last before groundbreaking takes place for the first new public housing units to be built in a generation. Brandon Collins is on the staff at the Public Housing Association of Residents and wanted to note the occasion. He said many residents became frustrated in the early 2010s after nothing happened following adoption of a master plan for public housing in the summer of 2010. We all kind of got over that hump. Um, FAR made a, a really important realization, which was that redevelopment was needed, uh, but it needed to be on residents' terms, and FAR needed to say yes to something. So we set out, and we did the work for about a year, um, putting together what we then called the positive vision for redevelopment. Collins said the vision calls for reparations for past wrongs by providing for resident self-determination. And that's something to work towards, and it's something that this housing authority has been bold in uh, accepting the idea that the only way to make this work is through resident-led redevelopment. The CRHA board got an update on redevelopment last night. Renovation of Crescent Halls and creation of those new units at South First Street are the two plans that are moving forward at this time. Kathleen Glenn Matthews is director of operations at CRHA. After, you know, a really long delay, we finally um, closed on South First Street. And we're really excited that we're going to um, be able to have a community meeting this Sunday. There's no date set yet for groundbreaking at the first phase of South First Street, but Glenn Matthews said it may happen toward the end of the month once there is equipment on site. A virtual ceremony will be held due to covid Glenn Matthews said there has been further delay in part because Dave Norris has left his position as the redevelopment director at CRHA. There's an application for the position on the CRHA website. In an email to me earlier today, Norris said he wanted to move on and pursue other passions in his life, including the Sister City Commission, of which he is a member. He said there's a lot of activity that will come forward this year with the partnership with Winneba, Ghana, and he wanted to focus on that. Um, that's something quite interesting. Um, but you can, more, you can learn more about the status of redevelopment in an update Glenn Matthews posted. You can see a link to that in the newsletter. The CRHA has not closed the financing deal for the Crescent Halls project yet. The waiting list for the CRHA's mainstream voucher program will open back up on January 29th, this Friday, according to a blog post on their website. And now, some music. Music. 
Thanks to a donor who has remained anonymous, I have been able to invest in the work of the Valley Road Research Center, bringing you sonic considerations for years to come and years in the past. Thanks again to the Valley Road Research Center and the anonymous contributor. An ad hoc group of environmental professionals working on a way to reduce the amount of glass that winds up in landfills resumed their conversation earlier this month. The work is an outcome of Albemarle County's Solid Waste Advisory Committee. They have been asking area wineries and breweries to tell them how much glass they discard in an online survey that is open through February 1st. Terry Kent is the founder of the recycling group Better World Betty. She's also the Director of Programs and Communication at the Community Climate Collaborative. There's just a lot of glass to be had, and we're excited about the survey results that we've received. The idea is to collect the information with an eye towards hiring a hauler who could collect glass from beverage providers and aggregate the material at a processing facility run by the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority in Ivy. For this to work, the glass must be separated in the waste stream to avoid contamination. Stan Joins, who is a co-founder at Valley Road Vineyards in Afton, said he supports the idea. I am, of course, instinctively drawn to anything that will do something better than what we're doing with glass now, which is just putting the landfill. But I do have this question at the outset, which is, what, <clears throat> what is the end use here of this recycled material? Philip McCaleb's is the solid waste manager at the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority. He said for many years, the agency collected glass and was able to find places for it to go, but has recently formalized an arrangement. More recently, we wanted to have more of a structured program, something that we could rely on functionally. And uh, we set up uh, an arrangement with strategic materials where they actually hire a trucking company. They come on a regular basis out to our closed landfill where we stockpile our recycled glass that comes from our collection centers. From there, the glass goes to a facility in Wilson, North Carolina, where the materials are sorted. And then they either use it internally or sell it to other users. The goal of the current initiative is to collect enough glass so it can be used as material to make new containers. Localities in Northern Virginia have created a program where purple bins are used to collect glass returning to a time when materials were separated by those who purchased the product. Scott DeFife is with the Glass Packaging Institute. All of the glass that's going into the purple bins in northern Virginia communities, Arlington, Alexandria, Fairfax, is now making its way down to Wilson and then getting turned around back into glass container plants. DeFife said much of what ends up in mixed recycling bins winds up in a landfill. Getting enough clean you know, a, a critical mass of good quality glass can get that glass back into the supply chain. DeFive added that there is a market for a glass manufacturer somewhere in Charlottesville, which would reduce travel time, cost, and emissions for the haulers. But the economics of processing are very chicken and egg. There, nobody's going to build a 10 to $15 million glass processing plant if there's no glass to go to it. So work continues to organize the waste stream locally. The group wants as many beverage producers as possible to fill out the survey I mentioned earlier. Jesse Warren is with UVA Sustainability. What we're thinking is some kind of weekly 
hauling route where a provider will provide something like a 64, 96 gallon cart that y'all will then fill up with glass. Do you know somebody who operates one of these facilities? Please send on this story. Make sure that they know that this initiative is going on so they can get involved should they choose. The idea here is to create some sort of a product in Virginia that beverage manufacturers uh, could use. Um, And uh, I think that's kind of interesting, which is why I have brought you this story. And that's it for this edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter, an experiment in community journalism that continues. Uh, As you might be seeing, I'm not necessarily putting out one of these every day. There certainly is material enough to do so, but there's also a lot of material coming in. Last night, I was able to record three meetings at once. Here's here's a little how that sounded. She says, "All right, let's let's go ahead and start." Of course, my job is to now sort of sort that out and make it not sound all so jumbled together and to bring you information. You've heard two of those meetings. So my goal is to bring out these newsletters when I can as frequently as possible to make sure that you get information. And if you have enjoyed it and if you have benefited from it, please send it on to somebody else so that we can continue to grow the audience. You can contact me if you'd like to find a way to support the program. I've talked enough today. Now it's time for you to get back on with your day and me to get back to reporting and writing out some of those meetings. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another installment. I'm certain of that. In the meantime, please stay safe out there, and thank you very much for listening.